Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There have been articles, and I'm going to get into this in just a minute, about how poorly we've educated people post-Bin Laden the post-Bin Laden generation. There's huge articles about how I'm talking Americans in this country and that this is now we see the fruition of this in their ignorance, in their distortion, in their not understanding of world events. And I think about that a lot because my generation, the baby boomer generation, we were very lucky. We were characterized by post-war boom. Not just baby boomer, but post-war boom economically. We were characterized by optimism, by a sense that individual acts and collective acts could change the world for better, by civil rights protests that resulted in concrete changes in the law that made our world a more equitable place. When I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, notwithstanding the world events and the assassinations and everything else, my parents had a boundless optimism about the possibilities of America to do good. They felt that coming out of World War II, that America was a force for good and had an exceptionalism that allowed it to do good in the world. Not that it was perfect but that it was better than the alternatives. And I grew up with that. And that's part of my core. And I can tell you that if you ask young people today, I don't think they share that at all. They don't look at America as necessarily a force for good. They don't have the boundless optimism that we had. There are generational differences. And the earlier one, the one that I was talking about, my grandmother's, she grew up as a flapper, right? So her era, she was a flapper, and then they got crashed in the Depression, and they went through all of that. But when she was growing up in the 1910s and the teens, the aughts of the last generation, they were drilled that discipline was the secret to success. And frankly, I think that's the antithesis or completely absent from conversations with a lot of people today. 
discipline, personal discipline, getting up in the morning and doing calisthenics. My father is 94 years old. He's a generation past my grandma, but he also grew up with this idea. He said, but we did it every day in school, Lisa. So when I wanted to start getting in shape when I was 50, I remembered the exercises that I did at Boys High in Brooklyn. And we had general calisthenics every single day to start our day. Do our kids start the day with calisthenics anymore? Definitely not. Definitely not. One could argue there's no better way to start the day as a school collectively than making the kids do a half an hour of calisthenics. Right? You could argue that that sets them up for a day of more energy, better exercise, better posture, more discipline, better breathing, getting out some stress, shaking away the sleepies. You could argue all of that. Do we do it? We do not. I'm Lisa Wexler. We'll be right back. So I just want to follow up on this theme a little bit. I mean, there's, there's some everyday news, but I, I, it's the first day back from the new year, and I wanted to talk about some general trends at 203-333-9422. You know, one of the, um, one of the conversations, so let me just back up and, and go forward. According to Axios, they are now introducing something called Gen Alpha, the only generation born fully in the, 13th, in the 21st century where the oldest are about 13 and the youngest will be born in the coming year. I thought generations are 20 years apart, not 13 years apart. Aren't they supposed to be 20 years apart? Anyway, the big picture is they're now calling it Generation Alpha or Gen A. That'll be shortened pretty quickly. It is the first generation of people who will have been born into a world where online is all they know. I mean, if you think about yourself, you're listening to me right now, presumably you're over the age of 13. If you were under, you'd be in school someplace uh, and even over. You can remember that you grew up at a time without an iPhone. You grew up at a time without a computer. Think about that. I mean, you talk about a tectonic shift. And now the people who are born into this world or who are 13 and under in this world who are now being deemed Generation Alpha, have only known a world online. Online. And in that short time that they've been around, they've also grappled with a pandemic, COVID, and a climate crisis that shows no sign of going anywhere. 2023 was officially the hottest year on Earth for the time period in which humans have kept records, which isn't that long in planet Earth. It's a nanosecond. It's a couple of hundred years. But it's enough for us in our lifetime to take a measurement. And you and I can see by the blue skies and sunny days that the warmth of the planet is only going in the warming direction. Plus, we're anticipating for 2024 El Nino, which is predicted to exacerbate the effects of planetary warming altogether. In the last week of December, I saw a headline that it has been over 700 days since New York City has had over one inch of snow. And this past week, my in-laws were in Stowe, Vermont, and reported back that there was no snow in Stowe. No snow in Stowe. 
approaching January. On the micro, let's be honest, these are nice days. We don't have to worry about the ice and snow. The skies are blue. I took a walk in the woods yesterday with the pups, and it was delicious. I didn't need gloves. It was January. But on the macro, we stand back and we say, holy cow, what's happening? Actually, last year, I was reading some data, and it turns out that Connecticut is much more like the mid-Atlantic states now than it ever was. Was So when I lived in Baltimore for four years, we used to have an occasional 70-degree-plus day in February. And I would wake up and say, what is this? I thought I was winter. In other words, I grew up in New York. I thought Baltimore was more or less the same. Well, it looks like between the plants and the birds, who are already telling us the signals and signs, that our climate in Connecticut is closer along to the climate of Maryland than traditionally New England states. So if you've ever lived in Maryland or D.C., Virginia, the mid-Atlantic states, Delaware, parts of Pennsylvania, Philly, you know that the climate in winter is much more mild. And that appears to be what we're seeing right now. 203-333-9422. But in terms of a conversation that I was having just before, when we were talking about what our generations are learning and what is it that our generations are absorbing in terms of what their generation will be characterized by. It was shocking, more or less a month ago, we, we saw some headlines about in the middle of this Middle East war that a bunch of people on TikTok, uh, young people, were extolling the virtues of Osama bin Laden. Do you remember that? And it, and it, and it was a lot of headlines for a day or two. But now the data is in, the much more substantive data is in. And I want to explain it to you. It's a new poll, and it was a poll conducted by JL Partners conducting the survey for the Daily Mail. Asked 1,000 Americans for their opinions on Osama bin Laden. This happened after that TikTok flurry where people said, what, what did we miss? How is it that kids think that anything about Osama bin Laden is something worthy of praise? So they did a survey. Get ready. Get ready. 8% of people between the ages of 18 and 29, Gen Z, had a completely positive view of Osama bin Laden. 12% had a somewhat favorable view. 8 and 12 is 20%. 1 in 5 have either a completely positive or somewhat favorable view of Osama bin Laden. That combined 20% is larger than the 18.9% that the Reform Party presidential candidate H. Ross Perot won in 1996. Among older Americans, millennials and Gen Xers aged 30 to 49, a shocking 7% say they have a completely positive view of bin Laden. We're moving up to 27% now. Gerald Posner speaking to the New York Sun, saying the dismal poll results are a sad commentary on an educational system that has increasingly presented Western history in terms of a colonizer victim status. It is a skewed history, according to Mr. Posner, reinforced by TikTok and YouTube. And 
Then it drills down to talk a little bit about the impact about what's happening with the Middle East war. And you know, I said this to you repeatedly, everybody feels like they have to take a side and everybody is taking a side. Using TikTok a mere 30 minutes a day increases the chance of holding anti-Semitic or anti-Israel views by 17%. Why? Because TikTok is filled with virulent anti-Semitism. The more you see or listen to a certain message, the more you're inclined to believe it's true, right? We know this. In this paradigm, America is condemned for the colonization of North America. Right, So people who are thinking that bin Laden is a good guy are also thinking that America is a bad guy for having colonized North America. Also, obviously, in their view, slamming Israel, a tiny, tiny country, for being a colonizer of a piece of land that they have occupied on and off for 2,000 years, but okay. And then talking about how the college campuses have been overrun 23% believe the Holocaust is exaggerated. 53% of millennials and Gen Z did not know Nazi Germany had murdered 6 million Jews. And 11% said Jews caused the Holocaust. Are you listening to this? Are you listening to this? Only 41% of Gen Z Americans have a completely negative opinion of bin Laden. The same trend emerged when young Americans were asked if they believed bin Laden was a force for good. Among Gen Z, that same 8% believed that al-Qaeda's leader, Osama bin Laden's views and actions were good. 23% approved of his views. And for millennials, it was 6 and 14, so another 20% collectively. Among the baby boomers, here you go. I'll raise my hand. I'm a tail-end baby boomer. 92% of us condemn bin Laden's terrorist views and acts. And now it starts to go down. For Gen X, the percentage 85 and 70 for millennials before bottoming out at 62% for Gen Z. So what does that tell you? Gen Z grew up with 9-11. What did we do wrong in the last 20 years? How is it? And I'm asking you this, rhetorically and otherwise. Would you like to help me? 203-333-9422. How is it that we failed so utterly in explaining 9-11 and Osama bin Laden and the push for Islamic domination over the Middle East and over Western culture and thought? Fundamentalist. Islamic, radical Islamic, not average, ordinary Muslims. Let's be very clear. But this radicalization of a sect of Islamic people resulted in ISIS, which had to be destroyed. Now, is it because the United States responded with two wars that lasted 20 years for which people were scratching their heads and saying, what are we still doing there? Probably, probably that in the reaction of the United States, the explanation by political leaders, our presidents, was not good, was not complete, was not regular. We felt that our federal government 
wasn't regularly accountable as often as they needed to be to explain why so many of our soldiers were getting killed and maimed or and or committing suicide and having terrible PTSD when they came home. So sure, there is that. But how did we not explain our story so poorly that you have one in five younger Americans thinking that Osama bin Laden was a good guy? How's that possible? 203-333-9422. We'll be right back. I'm going to move on to other stories, but, you know, I get the print version of the New York Times, and very often the print version of the New York Times is days older than the online version with a lot of stories where I'll say to my kids, hey, did you hear this? And they'll say, ma, you missed it. But the truth is that I also follow the New York Times online every day. But there is something more compelling about seeing a story in print. I don't care what anybody says. And, you know, I was just telling you about how we keep being force-fed this idea of the United States as constant colonializers. Maybe sometimes it's true, maybe it's not. Today's New York Times, today's, in the front page of the New York Times, uh, print version, says, in Philippines, impoverishment is a legacy of U.S. colonialism. They can't help themselves, the Times. They just cannot help themselves. That is their conclusion. Now, by the way, that is a news analysis. That is not a headline. That is somebody's conclusion after reading things and learning about things, that might even be something that would be the headline of some PhD thesis in the Philippines, impoverishment is a legacy of U.S. colonialism. That is an opinion. That's not a fact. That's an opinion of somebody, right? Because to make a statement like that, you have to have collated tremendous amounts of data and facts and then reached an opinion. By the way, it may be an informed opinion. It might even be the correct opinion, but it's an opinion. But you know what? It's being presented as news. The New York Times used to have a lot more honesty because it would define news versus news analysis. Occasionally it does, but not as often as it used to. In which a headline like this, in Philippines, impoverishment is a legacy of U.S. colonialism, would have been presented with an underline that said news analysis. This doesn't say that. They're making it news You read it enough, you start to believe it. You want to know why our younger people have such a negative opinion of the United States. It's because it's all they read, see, hear, and think, and therefore think. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com.